Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. What a cracking round of footy round seven was. We're going to go through each and every game this afternoon. Uh, give my opinions on what I saw. Guys that stood out for me. Guys that were disappointing. Uh, potentially some changes you could see over the next few weeks where games are won and lost. Uh, a lot to dive in today. It was a huge round of footy and... We kicked off on Thursday night with the Penrith Panthers going head-to-head with the Newcastle Knights. Penrith Panthers still undefeated. Newcastle been a little bit rocky of late, so I thought this was going to be a big test for them. Uh, obviously still without Mitchell Pearce. They've got Caelan Ponga back now, though. So um, I, 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 I did give the Knights a chance here, to be honest with you. I think that over the next two or three months, you are going to see the Penrith Panthers drop a game. It's just going to depend on the day, and I've heard a lot of people have had have messaged me saying they're going to go undefeated this year. Look, I'm sorry, they're, they're not going to go undefeated. Um, you know, people are saying to me, oh, but their team's better than what it was last year. You know what? It is better than what they were last year. They're playing better footy than what they were last year, but going undefeated for a whole season, it is a long, long season. You're looking at another, what, five months of back-to-back rugby league with everyone after you week-to-week grind. Injuries are going to play a toll. Origin's going to play a toll. They are going to drop a game or a couple of games at some point, and that's not a negative. It is just the reality. It will be good for this side to lose a couple of games before the finals. If they get there to the finals and they haven't lost a game yet, I'm a little bit worried about them, to be honest with you. It's not a negative saying they're not going to go undefeated. But look, I thought they were really good the other night. Um, I thought Luai and Cleary, once again, sensational. These two were on absolute fire. They would have to be giving Brad Fittler some serious thought about just picking these two. I know that I'm going to talk about mine. You should side that I would pick this week at some point. And wow, I, I'm finding it harder and harder to leave these two out of it. I think the, the combination they've got at the moment is unbelievable. I thought Dylan Edwards coming back, uh, he was unreal. Exactly what we expect from Dylan Edwards. He is such a classy... Classy little fullback. I mean, when you look at the, you know, I often refer to it as the golden era of fullbacks right now. The amount of talented footballers that are getting around right now. And Dylan Edwards, he doesn't get the fanfare. He doesn't get the highlights of these other guys. But you look at his stat sheet every week and you go, oh, shit. Wow, how did he get through that much work? It surprises me every week. And I don't know why, because he's been doing it each and every week for three years now. He's an incredible footballer, Dylan Edwards. Would you have him in your top five fullbacks in the game? No, you probably wouldn't realistically. Is he as consistent as these guys? He's probably more consistent than a lot of guys you have in your top five. If you were to rank, you know, the top five fullbacks or top ten fullbacks each and every week for the last three years, Dylan Edwards probably finishes between fourth and seventh each and every week. He is just incredible, Dylan Edwards. I'm such a big fan of him. He looked great the other night. 
James Fisher-Harris, we spoke about him a lot in the preseason. We hold him in the highest regard, and he just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he, James Fisher-Harris? He's a brilliant... He's a, such a good player. I would love to see him, if we were having an Anzac test, I would love to see him for New Zealand going head-to-head with the Kangaroos pack because he's just so damaging, and I still believe he's pretty underrated, to be honest with you. I had... Went through Paul Kent's top 100 players at the start of the season. He had James Fisher-Harris in the top 10. And I said, look, I completely agree. For what he does in his position, the role that he plays, he is so good at it. And people push back on it. But, wow, he is just, he's a proper footballer. Matty Burton playing left centre. Now, I said last week that I wasn't sure if Stephen Crichton was going to return to left centre. turns out they moved him to right centre. Did a good job there. But Matt Burton, I don't think they can move him for the rest of the season. I just think the combination he has with Brian Toto, it is unreal. If you're a Toto owner in Supercoach Classic or Draft, wow, aren't you cheering? Because this guy, he gets much more ball to Toto. He gets a lot more opportunities, Brian Toto. I love what Matty Burton's doing at the moment. And if I was the Canterbury Bulldogs, I would be so nervous about this guy backflipping on this contract. I know he's making all the right noises, but gee whiz. As this competition goes on longer and longer and the Panthers get better and better in Canterbury, they had their first win on the weekend, but it was far from impressive. I mean, if that season gets any worse, Penrith's only going to improve. I'll tell you what, Matt Burton, he's going to have some hard decisions to make, especially if he makes a left-centre job his own. Uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. I mentioned Brian Toto outside him. I think everyone's spoken about Brian Toto this weekend on social media and whatnot, so... No need for me to dive into a big time, but he is just unbelievable. Coming out of his own end, he's incredible. I spoke about it the other day. He's like a skinny Matty Utah, a freakish little footballer. Uh, Veliami Kikau, I love the variation they're using for Kikau. I love when they get him on the outside of that block play that they use down that left edge. And he just, the hands he's got is incredible. I remember watching him three or four years ago and going, wow, this guy's an absolute juggernaut. But he didn't have this aspect to his game. He has developed it out of sight, and it is so impressive. It gives... Gives the Penrith Panthers a whole nother dimension, especially when you've got Matty Burton out there too. I think they're more dangerous now with that left edge, bringing Toto over. You've got Matty Burton. He's, he's, he's like a second 5'8 playing out there at centre. And then you've got Viliami Kikau, who is the most damaging player in our game with the ball and without it. If he doesn't have the ball, you need to keep your eyes on him still. It just opens up opportunities for everyone. Jerome Luai, I mentioned him on that left edge as well. He has been unbelievable this season. He's just been going so good. Um, look, the Knights, they did hang in this game, to be fair, until the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes when um, it sort of ran away from them. But um, I thought this was a pretty impressive performance of the Knights. I don't think 24-6 is a fair reflection of how this game went. I thought it was unbelievable. Again, the bookies had the line at minus 17.5. Penrith won by 18. I've got no idea how they do this each and every week. They are incredible, the bookies. They are just the smartest guys in each and every room. It's unreal. Uh, Newcastle, a lot of good signs to come out of them. Uh, A lot of guys still missing. I found it interesting reading an article by Barry Tui the other day, essentially saying, oh, you know, we shouldn't be applauding getting close and putting up a good effort because it... It builds them up a false sense of security, essentially. And I understand where he's coming from, but geez, I really do think this night side were impressive the other night. Just seeing how well this Panthers team's going, and without Mitchell Pearce, you know, Caelan Pong is still finding match fitness. Oh, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure who the Knights play over the next few weeks, but they're going to be a real team of interest uh, as this season continues. They're one of those teams that's definitely fighting it out for that, you know, probably spot six, seven, eight in our game. Uh you know, but they could quite easily finish 9, 10, 11 as well. So an interesting few weeks for them. Thursday afternoon, Titans, South Sydney Rabbitohs. What a game this was. 
30 to 40, 70 points scored. Um, the first half was owned by David Fafita. Three tries in 30-odd minutes. He was unbelievable in the first half, an absolute juggernaut. And then the only thing that worries me about Fafita, and it's always been a worry that he can fade out a game. Second half, now I haven't had this confirmed, but I've been told by a few people, apparently he had two touches of the ball in the second half. So three tries in the first half, two touches in the second half. A serious worry. He needs to be bringing himself into the game. And look, I always say that this guy needs halves that know how to use him, and the halves are using him better than where he, what he, how he was used in Brisbane. But it can't just be the sole job of the halves to bring a guy that's on a million dollars a season into a game. He has to be on the front foot. He has to be imposing himself on this game. And he did that in the first half. He was unbelievable, absolutely unreal. Second half went missing. It was a big worry for me. The other guy I spoke about on Instagram this week was Corey Thompson. What a performer this guy is. He is one of the most underrated players in our competition. I absolutely love him. And look, I know when I said it the other day, a lot of people sent me a message and commented and said, oh, people are well aware of him. And you know what? People are aware of him, but I still think we underappreciate what this guy does. I just think his effort on effort is unbelievable. And are there other guys that put in the amount of effort he does? Yes, there is. Like, without a doubt, you've got Brian Toe, you've got Brett Morris, these sort of guys. But as I said to someone on Instagram the other day, if you were to line all these guys up, you know, the five or six best swingers in the game, then put Corey Thompson next to them, I'm sorry, is there a single facet of their game that you're going to pick Corey Thompson over any of those guys? I, I honestly don't think there is. Um, I, I didn't think that the stats reflect how good Corey Thompson's been going. I went and had a look. Turns out they kind of do, yeah. He's right up there in line breaks, runs, break tackles, everything, as he should be. i I got so much time for this guy. Another one that I can't believe the Tigers let him go. It's going to be a bit of a theme today. I can't believe the Tigers let this guy go. 24 to 10 at halftime, and... The Gold Coast Titans went into the sheds playing some unbelievable footy. There's a try they score, they go down the left edge, and I believe Fogarty scores it at the end on the right side of the uprights. Just unbelievable rugby league. So good to see. It was unreal. Now, talking about exciting footy, the second half kicked off, and Benji Marshall jumping into 5-8. Wow. This was absolute vintage Benji. I absolutely love the way he went about his business. There was a flick pass that he threw to AJ Brimson that everyone was talking about where he's fading down the, the left touch line, kind of like uh, the 2005 grand final vibes. And he sort of just leaves it in the air, hanging there for AJ to come and get, which was a great try. But there's there's another pass that he throws to AJ. I think it was before this one. It was an absolute seed. He gets the ball down the left edge. It's three on three. There's nothing doing. Benji, ball in two hands, eyes on the A defender, skips outside them, tells a lie with his eyes, drags the guys in, drags the wingers in, and hits AJ with an absolute seed of a ball. It was a fantastic pass to him, and I just love watching Benji Marshall when he gets like this. We're going to talk later in the week about him as an immortal. I know a lot of people have called for it. Personally, I don't know how you could possibly make Benji an immortal. I understand... He's got a very unique place in our game, no doubt about it. But for me, he shouldn't be an immortal. But I'll talk about that later in the week. Um, Now, the other thing that was really interesting to me in this game was, of course, Cody Walker playing fullback. Now, long-time guru listeners, followers of the Instagram page will know that I called for this about two years ago. Um, I I believe it was 2019. They were going down to Canberra to play the Raiders. They were completely out of gas. They needed to change something up. I spoke about this the other day. It was so good to see Cody Walker finally at fullback. I thought he was unreal. He was really good. He was just everywhere. He was alive on everything. Um, the only issue was he really didn't have to do too much once we got in the second half, simply because Benji did the entire job for him. He was unbelievable, Benji. Um, I, I think this Cody 
Jodie Walker experiment, it de- definitely has got some legs, especially when you're able to get that out of Benji. I think you've got to leave Cody there for a few more weeks until Latrell returns. And then, you know, wow, all of a sudden, we sort of were sitting around here going, well, if Cody or Adam Reynolds goes down, at least they've got Benji. Now they've got cover for Latrell Mitchell as well. They, they, all, they always had AJ, I understand that, Alex Johnson, but well, to be able to move Cody Walker back there and to be able to get what you did out of Benji, it makes this South Sydney team a very scary prospect this year. Very impressive from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Titans, impressive first half, extremely disappointing in the second. and um, It's going to be an interesting season for the Titans. So much hope. Um, and it's just, I don't know, coming off the back of last week, they were obviously really up for this game when they came out. They burst onto the scene, but then to not be able to hold on to it for 80 minutes against South Sydney side, missing a couple of troops, big worry for the Gold Coast Titans. The late game, Parramatta Eels, Brisbane Broncos, first 25 minutes was sensational. I think it was six all. Brisbane, they really hung in the fight. They were really impressive. Um, then I think the heat just set in. But look, both teams are playing under the heat. I just feel like... The Brisbane Broncos, they really did just run out of gas. And um, it's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. We've heard that we've just heard that Tommy Dearden, he has signed with the North Queensland Cowboys. So he's leaving Brisbane, a guy that they definitely didn't want to let leave. A very talented little footballer who I think is just in a bad situation at the moment. I think he's got a lot to offer. I think that's a really good signing by the Cowboys. Uh, I'll talk about that more later in the week. Ramon Eels, very impressive. Um, Gutho and Mitch Moses, they were sensational. Um, and, you know, I've said this a number of times with these two. I, I know they can play. I know they're brilliant footballers. We're just waiting for the big stages to arrive for them to own it. Uh, but I thought these two were great. Uh, Micah Sivo, five line breaks, three tries. A lot of it came off the work that Gutho did as well. So special mention to Gutho, as I said. But Sivo, geez, he is a damaging footballer. He is just... So hard to handle out on that left edge. Me, I think it's been the guy inside him that's really impressed me. And I can't believe how well the Parramatta Eels have handled losing Michael Jennings. I thought this was going to be a major issue. For those that don't remember, Michael Jennings, he was on fire last year. And you can tell me, oh, he was on the juice. It was this, it was that, whatever, that's fine. But Michael Jennings, he was playing unreal last year. I remember that game against the Roosters last year where Michael Sivo almost killed James Tedesco. And I think that was Michael Jennings' best game I've seen him play in five or six years. Yeah, he was doing incredible things last year. I couldn't believe his form. And to lose him, I thought it was going to leave a massive hole. When they signed Tom Opacic, a guy that's bounced around a couple of Queensland clubs, uh, you know, been reasonably impressive without being great. Definitely nowhere near the standard that Michael Jennings was at last year. And I wouldn't say he is at that standard yet, but wow, he has filled a hole. He's not the sort of guy that gets amazing highlights. He's not the sort of guy that'll score three tries or whatever. Scored a media on the weekend. I think he had another try assist or two as well. But just a classy little footballer. He is tough. He's not afraid to roll his sleeves up. He's a guy that I've really changed my opinion on. He's a guy that I thought was going to be a bit of a flop signing, to be honest with you. But I must say, I've been very impressed with him. Another guy we've spoken about a lot this year, Isaiah Papali'i, another fantastic performance. Ryan Madison returned through reserve grade. He did really well from the little bit that I watched. So I think you'll see him next week. Papali'i probably returns to the bench Um yeah, I mean, we've spoken about this guy a lot over the last few weeks. He's right in line for most improved player in the competition. He's right in line for best buy of 2021. I saw Freddie and Joey Johns named him as their best buy the other day. So that's saying a lot from two great eyes in our game. Last guy I'm going to talk about from this game was Reed Marnie. 
Uh, very, very impressive game from him. 42 tackles, two try assists. Um, I assume Harry Grant will be the starting nine for Queensland this year, but if they are looking for a bench guy, this guy would have to be putting his hand up. The only reason I think he could miss, I, I, I think form-wise he should be there, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he's played the house down, but... I wouldn't be shocked to see this team. You know, you're obviously going to have KP at fullback, which means you need to find a spot for Brimson somewhere. Uh, I don't think Brimson's going to be a winger or a center for me. I don't think he has the body shape for it. So I think there's a really good chance Brimson gets Jersey 14, which could see Reed Marnie miss out altogether. I think it more than likely will, which is a pretty tough pill to swallow for him because I think he's had a fantastic start to a season. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I always thought he was going to be the Stewie McGill of the Queensland team for the next few years, or the Jake Friend. Uh, Friendy, of course, did get to play Origin eventually, but I thought this guy was going to be waiting around for Harry Grant to get injured, and I still think he will be to some extent. Like, I'm not sure if his football can get better than what it is right now. Happy to be proven wrong, though. I mean, I, I didn't think he'd ever get to the level he's at now, let alone in his first two or three seasons. So, a really interesting watch for Reed Marnie. I think he's definitely playing well enough to play Origin. I'm just not sure if there's going to be a spot there for him in the Queensland side. For the Broncos, we'll touch on them later this week, uh, but very disappointing. Just, I, I, I don't even know what's going on up there, to be honest with you. It is, good God, it's hard to watch. I mean, you watch Payne Haas, and he's making these incredible meters. Matty Lodge doing the same thing. Really good meters, fantastic. Then there's just... There's just nothing that follows it. There is just nothing doing. I, I just, I don't know. The, the, the game's never been easier to score points. And look, they're forwards. They, they tend to win the ruck. They have the last two weeks. It just comes down to the halves and the decision makers just not making the right calls out there. Tommy did and he's left. Very interesting to see what Kevin Walters does there. I know that Anthony Milford had a pretty good game for the Magpies on the weekend and a big win for them. Do they, is it time do they drop Dearden? Do they bring... Milford back in. Do they just like did and go to the Cowboys now? I'm not sure how this one's going to play out. Going to be very, very interesting, though. Uh, Saturday, we only had two games because we had three games on Anzac Day. Saturday, the first game, Sharks, 12, defeated by the Dogs, 18. And, um, fuck, in the nicest way possible, a really tough watch, this one. Wasn't great rugby league, to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't overly enjoy this game. I love the scenes in the last few minutes seeing Canterbury get the job done. Um, they're a team that I've always believed in. They've got a coach that I believe in. I think he's better than what he's shown you so far this year. And hopefully, I assume he'll be okay, but I really do hope that Trent Barrett gets two or three years to show what he can do with the squad that he's assembling. Hopefully, Matty Burton does arrive there. Josh Adokar looks unreal at the moment for the Melbourne Storm. There's a lot of guys in this team that are improving. There's a lot of guys in this team that aren't there at the moment either. I mean, Josh Jackson and a couple of other fellows that were missing. I think Trent Barrett's still trying to work out his back line, how he's going to shape up here. He's still trying to work out his halves. Uh, I love Avarillo. Not convinced he's a six. I don't. I don't know where they need to move him around or whatever. You had you had Wakeham in the extended squad. Now he was 18th man on the weekend. Who got to come in? Um, I'm just yeah. Look, look. Canterbury led 18 nil after 25 minutes. Yeah, they they hit the ground running. They were fantastic. Um, the Sharks then had Sifatalakai sent off very soon after that for 10 minutes. Another controversial one. We spoke about that this morning. And somehow when they had 10 in the bin. The Sharks still managed to get back into this 18-12. And look, Cronulla played awful. Good God, Cronulla were bad. Sean Johnson looked very far off the mark, very very, very sloppy. I understand it's his first game back, but, you know, here we are in round seven, round eight. 
the Cronulla Sharks, that they need to start putting wins on the board. So Johnson, he's going to have to find some form pretty soon. Hopefully that was just a blowing out of the cobwebs. But look, I'm I'm so happy to see the Canterbury Bulldogs win a game. But for them to win that game 18-12, considering how poorly Cronulla played, it is a little bit of a worry moving forward. But as I've always said, I do believe in this Canterbury side. I do believe in Trent Barrett. So I think that they will start to turn this around. It might not be this year. I'm sure they'll pick up a couple more wins this year. But hopefully next year you see a new Canterbury side. Oh, I thought the one guy that has made a huge difference the last few weeks has been Luke Thompson. He's been unreal. Um, their Pommy enforcer coming back off, off a suspension. I think he's been unbelievable through the centre third. A guy that I've picked up in my Supercoach side. Um, he is just working so hard for this footy team. Very happy to see him back. Obviously copped a bit of stick over his suspension this year. Um, sort of put a bit of a black mark next to his name to some extent. Um, and I, I think he's starting to play his way out of that, which I think is sensational. I know how much respect Trent Barrett has for this guy. Uh, and it looks like the rest of the club does as well. A really good fella. Uh, really champion footballer too. Uh, a real winner for me. Um, I, I guess the highlight for me out of this game was probably the moment where you saw Kyle Flanagan and Trent Barrett. They hugged at the end of the game. You could just see how much it meant to them. There was some tears from Trent Barrett, which you know, it just shows the amount of pressure this poor bastard's under and how how hard they are working at Canterbury and just don't seem to be getting the results. So as ugly as it was, as tough as it was to watch, well done to Canterbury. Fantastic to see their first win of season 2021. Not sure who they play next week, but it's funny what a win can do. And fingers crossed, it's a bit of a turning point in the coaching of Trent Barrett at Belmore. The late game on Saturday saw the Cowboys and the Raiders going head-to-head, and I thought this was going to be a massive game for the Raiders. I thought this was going to be season-defining to some extent, and... Wow. Um, I can't tell you how disappointed I am with the Canberra Raiders right now. It's unbelievable. I'm I'm working out who to get on to talk about the Raiders right now. Got a couple of Raiders diehards that I want to I want to pick out one or two of them, jump on the podcast this week and talk about what's going on because it's just unbelievable. Look, the Raiders, they led in this game. They led 24-6, I believe. And to lose 26-24 to not the Melbourne Storm, not the Penrith Panthers, not the Sydney Roosters, it's the North Queensland Cowboys, I mean has really stung and look well, well done to the Cowboys three wins on the trot like imagine if four weeks ago we, we would have said the Canberra Raiders have been the predicament they are now and the Cowboys won three games in a row and just knocked off the Raiders like just unbelievable I can't I can't believe how it's playing out I mean the Raiders conceding 26 points very very disappointing they are you know obviously Josh Hodgson's out but far out I, I dare I say the guy replacing him might be better than him right now Tom Starling he was unreal on the weekend this is gonna this is gonna turn into a sideshow that I'm very very interested to watch how this one plays out Josh Hodgson out for a number of weeks now we're looking at eight to ten weeks from what I've gathered and Tom Starling we saw what he was able to do last year we saw what he was able to do the other night so that's gonna be very interesting there's a couple of guys I was impressed with Tom Starling was one of them I thought Ryan Sutton my god how good has he gone this year? When you're talking about most improved players, Ryan Sutton has to be right up there with the very best of them. He's been unbelievable so far this season. Uh, another one, Jack Whiten. I thought he was brilliant down that left edge. Um, his pass selection was great. There's a ball that he throws to Rapana to score that was brilliant. He's really starting to understand. We're not starting. He, he's known for a year or so, but I think that the maturity starting to show with Jack Whiten. He understands when to run, when to pass. His 
his his choice in games is becoming a lot stronger, and I think that's a fantastic sign of maturity for Jack White. And Origins just around the corner. I know that him and Ricky Stewart, their goal was to get Jack White in the six for the Blues, and that might just come true. It's going to be very interesting to see how that one plays out over the next few weeks. But Jack White, an impressive. Starling was great. Sutton was sensational. Uh, some Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater. His touch was unreal the other night. His kicking game was unbelievable. Uh, there was a controversial try given to the Cowboys where Justin O'Neill might have been offside of a drink water kick. And look, I, I don't I don't want to hear it from Canberra Raiders fans. I really don't. I if you're you, you're leading twenty four six, why why are we allowing the referee to decide this game then? Like you just got to take care of your own backyard. Yes, it was a touch and go call. Yes, it was one of those back foot front foot calls. Probably shouldn't have been a try, but. You just you can't point fingers like that at referees. I've had a couple of Raiders fans message me blowing up about it. It just it is what it is. Deal with it. You have to be better. You've got so much more to worry about right now than what the referees are saying, the decisions they're making. There's so much to sort out in this team right now. And I don't really know where to start, to be honest with you. I you know, I I've tipped for a number of weeks at this team. Sorry, I've tipped for a number of months now in the preseason that they'd make it to the grand final this year. And I'm not ruling them out yet because I know they're a better team than what they're showing. Uh, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this all plays out. Another one for the Cowboys I've been impressed with, Ben Condon, a guy that I spoke about a number of weeks ago. Um, I think he scored three tries in four weeks or something. And this is the sort of guy he is. He has got some real attacking upside. I really like having guys in my team with his body shape. Sort of that tall, lanky build. It can be hard to handle, especially close to the line you've seen with Ben Condon. He's also got a brilliant offload, which we haven't seen as much of as I would have expected us to over the first few weeks, but he's got a lot more to offer Ben Condon. I've got a lot of time for him. Val Holmes, wow. Another guy that I was very skeptical of when they signed him, but Val Holmes, he has been unreal since returning. you got to remember last year, uh, obviously his first year back from the NFL the game was faster than ever. Two weeks in, COVID happens. We come back with an even faster game on top of that. Um, I, I think the what, what Val Holmes has done over the last 18 months and where he's got himself to right now is incredibly impressive. He's a guy that I'll be strongly considering bringing into my super coach side this week. I think what he's doing is unreal. And his turn of pace is just like very few guys in our game. Um, he is a very dangerous prospect. And there's a number of... There's a number of really good Queensland Maroons players in pretty good form at the moment, and they're just flying under the radar a little bit. Munster's playing good. Val Holmes is playing well. KP's burst back onto the scene. There's a number of Maroons just quietly going about their business, doing very well, and it's got me a little bit nervous. And this guy, he'll be right at the forefront of it. Uh, big few weeks for the Raiders. Not sure how this one's going to play out. Ricky Stewart, he already dropped a couple of guys. You've got to remember jo- Joey Tapanay and, a few, and I see us Oliola weren't in this team. So didn't really get the response he wanted out of this time side. So very interesting to see how this one plays out for the Raiders over the next few weeks. I'm a little bit lost for words on the Raiders at the moment, but we'll talk about them later in the week. Enzac Day, Sunday. Cracking uh, three games of footy. Thoroughly enjoyed all of these Uh no, you know, none of the games are overly close, but I thought they were entertaining footy. All had their um, their star headline acts. The first one, as we expected, Tommy Turbo against the West Tigers. He was unreal. Tigers, they really hung in this game. They they led 6-0 after 25 minutes. Um, 55 minutes later, it's 40-6. to And this is what was always going to be my worry with the West Tigers. Uh, when they're behind the posts, after they've conceded points, who's the voice? Who's the voice that's pushing this team to go again, to pick themselves up off the canvas? And I, I'm really not sure if they have that voice. I'm, I really... Oh, 
I don't know. I, I, I've been saying this for a long time. It hasn't really been a huge shock to me, but I don't know. I'm very worried about. I'm very worried about Madge, to be honest with you. And the, there was rumours. Michael Chamas mentioned the other day that uh, the West Tigers were going to have a meeting that he's potentially in trouble. The West Tigers came out and said, "Oh no, everything's happy as Larry. We're good. Everything's fine." I, I don't understand how everything could possibly be fine. I know Michael Chamas. He's not a guy that pulls shit out of his ass. So. An interesting little spot to be in there. And, you know, I, I, I said this all off-season that he's going to be in trouble soon. I mean. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Fuck, it's round seven. Round seven, and we're, we're already having these conversations about is Madge in serious trouble? Like, mate, Origin hasn't even hit. We haven't even really got to the week-to-week grind. We're still we're we're not even through month number two yet of this season. Their, their injury toll hasn't been overly dramatic compared to other teams. They've done pretty well compared to other sides. I mean, they've had two hookers that they've happily rotated between the two of them. Halfback, he's played every game. Five eight, he missed a couple of weeks. To be fair, Adam Dwayne, um, fullback. Wow, he's excelled beyond belief. Like. I just I worry about this this side. Uh, you've got your guys like James Tamu, who was, you know, the Penrith Panthers didn't want James Tamu. So the West Tigers went after him. I got a lot of respect for James Tamu, but I don't think he's playing the same football he was last year. I also don't think he's been utilised the same way either. To be fair, but he's not playing the same football he was. James Roberts, amount of people that told me oh this will be the season where James Roberts explodes and he hits his potential, mate. James Roberts is doing the opposite, doing the absolute opposite. It is a Serious worry at the moment what is going on there. Um, I I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel for them. I think it was a shocking timing to come up against Tom Trevojevic, obviously, when he returns off the big win last week. Um, I mean, they they put Tommy Turbo on ice for the last 15 minutes, so... You know, they, he he interviewed, and and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that Tommy Turbo blew him away. It was how he blew them away. Most of the time, it was him getting the ball on his own, and he was just running straight through this side, just running directly through them. I thought it was very strange. At one point, they had Mbai and Simpkins defending through the centre third. I just like you you, you kind of made life a little bit easier for the Manly Seagulls, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know, but I thought. I thought Turbo was unbelievable, as always. I thought DCE was sensational. The effect that Tom Trevojevic has on DCE is unbelievable. He is such a more confident footballer when Tom Trevojevic is on the field. It's unreal. Uh, I thought Marty Tapao. It's been a really slow start to the season for him. I've been extremely disappointed with him so far. But I thought the other day he was really good. Obviously scored a try, little bonus, but I thought he played fantastically as well. So this manly side, you know... So I, I said this at the start of the season. For me, they're a smoky for the top four. If Tom Trevojevic is on the field, he wasn't on the field for the first six weeks. They didn't win a single game. All of a sudden, he returns. They're scoring 40 points a game and conceding, what, on average, three? I mean, this guy, he is that good. He has that much impact on this side. It's not even funny. He is such an amazing footballer. The second game, uh, headlined by another star of our game, young Sam Walker. 
34 to 10, the, the Roosters over the Chooks. Uh, another headline here, James Tedesco obviously left the game injured. Ruined a lot of Supercoach weekends for a lot of players out there, which is very disappointing. A lot of people that captained him as well. I love the way the Roosters responded to this obstacle. It was sensational. Uh, Joey Manu jumped into fullback and far out. Is there a more gifted bloke in our game than Joey Manu? My God, what an absolute nightmare he is to deal with. I love watching this guy go about his game. I still don't know what his best position is. I don't know if he's a long-term center. I don't know if he goes somewhere else to play fullback. I, If I was the New Zealand Warriors, I would have thrown a heap of money at this guy to try and bring him home to where the one for the Warriors. He is just such a gifted footballer. Uh, you know... Josh Morris as well. He he got absolutely whacked by Ravalara at one point. It would have absolutely killed. Came back to set later and set up an unbelievable try to Daniel Tupper. Josh Morris, fine wine, just getting better with age. Same as his brother, Brett. They were unreal. Um, look, I thought that when when Marshke was sent from the field, game was, game was definitely favoring the Roosters, but when Marshke got sent from the field, I sort of thought, okay, this is the moment where the Dragons can respond. Let's see how they respond to this. There's only 12 on the field for the Roosters now. Momentum can swing so quickly. And this is where the man on the field that stood up was Sam Walker. Scoring a brilliant individual try. He was unreal, Sam Walker. I'm loving more and more I see him. I've been a big guy saying for a long time, don't overhype this kid, blah, 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 blah. And I'm trying not to, but good God, it is exciting to see him handle things the way he is in first grade. Hearing him get up on stage and his speech after and whatnot, like the poor bastard, he's so awkward. He, he sounds like he'd, he'd start a tr- trying to order himself a beer, you know, at the SCG bar. But I just love the way that Sam Walker's playing his footy. I love the way that all the roosters are getting around him. It is sensational. Sammy Verrill's another man that made his return. I thought he was great in his limited minutes. Uh, made a line break at one stage, which was... It was just Sam Barrels down to a T. He was unbelievable. Big, re- really, really Im- Im- impressed with how he's travelling at the moment uh, uh, on his return. Lindsay Collins, wow. Great performance by him again. He's turning into one of the premier front rowers in our game. I honestly didn't think he was overly crash hot at the start of last year. By mid-season, I sort of went, wow, I might have this guy wrong. By the end of the season, I was sitting there going, Jesus, I've got this guy completely wrong. And this year, he's burst onto the scene for me. He's probably outplayed Maria Hargraves and Takiaho, to be honest with you. Each and every game, he's been unbelievable. Uh, he's going to be a real nightmare for the New South Wales Blues over the next few years. On the other side of the ball, the Dragons. Look, for the first 35 minutes, they really hung in this game. And the guy that was impressing me was Corey Norman. I loved how much control he was taking. He just looked like a different Corey Norman yesterday. Different demeanor to what we normally see. He's normally very relaxed, very loose. Um, I, I thought he looked... I don't know. There was just something different about Corey yesterday that I was really impressed with, and I think that he deserved better than what he got in that game. I think that the game unfolded in a pretty strange way for the Dragons. I thought Corey deserved better. I thought Andrew McCulloch deserved better as well. He was sensational to start the game. Laid on a good try for Tariq Sims, was really strong through the center third as well. The one guy i got to tell you that I'm feeling sorry for is Josh McGuire. Now, you got to remember Josh McGuire. He left the Cowboys when they essentially hadn't won a game yet. Sorry, he, he he gets a stomach bug. They win their first game of the season. He leaves. They win the next two in a row. The Dragons are on a, a hot streak. They've won four in a row. Now they've lost two in a row since he's arrived. I mean, he missed one game, but I don't think Josh McGuire's won a game this season yet. He's a much better football than that. I feel sorry for him, and there's no point saying, oh, it's a front rower's fault. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not saying that, but... Geez, tough pill to swallow for Josh McGuire. Uh, I thought he was going to come into this Dragons team and just make an instant impact. I remember only th- four, four weeks ago doing a podcast on the Dragons and their draw and going, hey, 
If they beat the Warriors this week, that's five in a row. If they get to Anzac Day and they show a bit of passion that day, potentially could be looking at six in a row. They've got a really good draw after that leading into Origin. This team could be top four when Origin kicks off. And I had about 15 people send me a message saying, oh, I hadn't looked at their draw. How good is it? You're right. They could do anything. Here we are two weeks later, and the Dragons been the Dragons. 0-2 last two weeks. Disappointing. They're, they're a much better footy side than this. Don't get me wrong. A much better footy side. But God, Bengus and George Illawarra fan, it must be tough. I'll tell you that much. Last game of the week, Melbourne Storm, New Zealand Warriors. Uh, Melbourne 42, Warriors 20. Uh, New Zealand still missing a number of key troops. Adam Vanilla Blake, they are missing him unbelievably. Chanel Harris-Tavita, without him, really stings. I'll talk about this later in the week, but he decided to play on the wing last night. Uh, moved over for Reese Walsh, um, which... You know, a pretty noble call. I don't know if it was the right call, to be honest with you. Reese Walsh was sensational, as we've been telling you for a while that he would be. He was great. Uh, our other man, Rocco Berry, a little bit quiet, um, played left center. They, they really did put a number on the uh, on the Warriors' left edge there. Jerome Hughes was unbelievable. Talk about him in a minute. Uh, Rocco Berry, solid without being outstanding. Still a young guy, and look... To make your debut on Anzac Day against Melbourne in Melbourne, like Christ, doesn't get harder than that. So I, I think these two, they will bounce back. They'll be better for the run. Reese Walsh, extremely impressive, though. I got a lot of time for this kid, a lot of time for him. Uh, you saw the touch that he had in his game. He had a he had a bit of a rough start. There was a kick that went down to him that was sort of awkward, sort of in no man's land, beat him, sent him back 20 metres. He bounced back from that really well, Reese Walsh. I thought he was really impressive. One to keep an eye on in your Supercoach competitions. For the Melbourne Storm, uh, we mentioned Jerome Hughes. Wow, what a performance. The unorthodox seven, as I call him, and he is just a natural footballer. I love watching this guy go about his business. Once again, I don't think he'd be as effective halfback in any other system than this Melbourne Storm one, but that's where he is. And the Melbourne Storm, they go and find the best guys for their system. And right now, that's Jerome Hughes. So well done to him. He's playing some sensational footy. He's playing footy that a lot of teams would be very jealous that they don't have. There'd be a lot of teams looking around their system who don't have a halfback. Let's be honest here. There's only about seven good halfbacks you want in this competition. There's not that many of them. And they'd be looking around their squads going, who could we move to seven? Who could we do a Jerome Hughes to? And I'll tell you right now, not many teams, not many coaches could do a Jerome Hughes. Yeah, it's a Craig Bellamy absolute specialist taking a natural footballer He's built their game around the way that Hughes is able to play, the skill set that he's got. Incredibly impressive. Unbelievable coaching to think that this is off the back of coming off Cooper Cronk, an absolute system X's and O's, guys. It shows it shows how brilliant the coaching of Craig Bellamy is. Extremely impressive. Harry Graham was really sold when he came on. Cameron Munster, uh, good without being great. Once again, he's just floating along Munster. You can just tell he's just waiting for August, September to come around. I think he's going to explode at the end of the season. Once again, Christian Welsh, really solid again. Um, I thought that Josh Adokar was unreal. He just he is just so fast. He just turns half opportunities into opportunity. He turns nothing into something constantly. There's a try that they score where Munster throws him a ball that not only does it hit the ground, it also hits the knees of Olam and Fox gets it. He looks up. And I mean, it isn't Rocco Berry. It isn't Reese Walsh in front of him. It isn't a debutant. It's, fuck, it's Roger Tuivasa Shek. And Fox looks at him, sways into his right, comes off his right foot, and just burns Roger. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that happen to Roger with such a small amount of space. I understand it's been a long time since Roger has played on the wing, but wow, to do that to Roger Tulvasa-Shek was unbelievable. Josh Adokar, 
incredibly, incredibly impressive. This Melbourne Storm team, they're so far from their best and they're already looking dangerous. I'm sticking with them as my tip to win this premiership this year. The last guy I want to mention, Josh Curran, New Zealand Warriors. I uh, got Sinbind for a tackle that injured, um, I think it was George Jennings. Look, I think if George Jennings doesn't get injured, he probably doesn't get Sinbind from this. I think it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. But outside of that moment... Jeez, this guy's been impressive the last two weeks. There's a ball that he throws to Mamalo, I believe. An absolute seed. A brilliant ball. And he, another guy that's not afraid to roll his sleeves up. I love what Josh Curran's doing at the moment. Really talented footballer. I don't know how long he's going to get suspended for, but he's really made great inroads into this side. And fingers crossed, it's no longer than a couple of weeks because I really don't think he deserves much more than that. Last guy, sorry, Remus Smith. A uh, guy from the Melbourne Storm that I've had very high hopes for. He's been playing right centre for a number of weeks whilst Branko Lee has been out injured. Branko has re-injured his calf from what I've gathered, so it looks like Remus will be there a little bit longer. I've always said that I think he'll be a better right winger than a right centre, and George Jennings went down injured the other the other night, and uh, Remus jumped in at right wing, and my God, he was unreal. He was just so good, and they didn't even really get to use him as a kick target, which is where I think he'll be his most valuable. I think that this is... Remus Smith's position moving forward. It's just a matter of finding who's going to play right centre. Uh, in saying that, Remus has done a really good job at right centre. George Jennings has been brilliant on the right edge. You, you know, you will remember a couple of weeks ago when Sevo jumped over him two or three times. Everyone said, drop him, he's shit, he's this, he's that. I said, look, he got beaten in the air twice by probably the best player in the air in our game, one of the best. George Jennings is a really good footballer. He rolls his sleeves up all the time. He does the hard work. He's a good finisher. And thankfully... He bounced back from that game and really has shown what he's made of the last few weeks. But yeah, Remus Smith, very, very impressive performance by him. That's all we've got for round seven, guys. Stay tuned tomorrow morning. We're going to have part three of our interview with Tony Durkin. Hopefully going to be getting a Canberra Raiders fan on this week to talk about what he's doing down there. We're going to go through our origin sides. And then we're also going to go through this week and have a look at some more Australian schoolboys sides. We're going to focus over the next few days on Australian schoolboys that have played more than one year. So played two years. Or if your name is Owen Craigie, you might have even played three. It's going to be really exciting. Thanks for joining us again, guys. Have a good one.